This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. It's late on a Sunday, but a Monday for you when you're listening to this. Um, What a great episode today. Man, you know him, you love him, you've seen him, you heard him, you might have, uh, you might have uh, given birth to him if you're his mom listening to this, which I think she is. It's Jonathan Kite returns to the ALN podcast, but, uh, Mine is Brad, so it's a, a John and Adam one-on-one live from, from Tucson, Arizona on the set of the Bellman movie. Uh, I, I don't really need to explain to you who Jonathan Kite is and how great he is on this podcast, so so let's just get right into it. Uh, follow John on uh, social media at Jonathan Kite, me at Adam Ray Comedy, Brad at Funny Brad, at ALN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, bradwilliamscomedy.com for all his tour dates. Speaking of which, this weekend Brad is in New Brunswick, New Jersey at the Stress Factory this Thursday through Saturday. Go see Brad, New Jersey, Stress Factory, uh, Thursday through Sunday, the 20th through the 22nd. Tickets to bradwilliamscomedy.com. I will actually be at the uh, Stress Factory in New Jersey, August, uh, sorry, October 11th through the 13th. Um, but this weekend, you can see me at the Bray Improv. In the new Bray Improv, September 21st to the 23rd. Tickets at adamraycomedy.com. Aboutlastnightpodcast.com for uh, past, present, and future episodes. Uh, also for your merch, beanies, sweats, and shirts. Oh, if you don't if you don't have a pair, you don't like clothes, you don't like feeling good, that's on you. But uh, you got time, because it ain't going anywhere. Aboutlastnightpodcast.com for your merch. And shop adamray.com for all your, uh, your me merch. We got shirts, we got hoodies, we got hats. Dude, go get it. The holidays are coming up faster than you think. It's uh, it's September now, but just, just before you know it, it's going to be Thanksgiving. And you're going to be like, what do I do for Valentine's Day? And you're going to skip a holiday because you're so overwhelmed with the turkey shit. So uh, go to shopadamray.com for uh, for all your, your merch for me. And, uh, and get it for a holiday gift or just for yourself. You know, treat yourself. Come on, it's Monday. Treat yourself. It's a long week. Um, we got the tour dates. We got the Twitter handles. I think that's it. John Kite, man, he brings it. This episode's got everything. We got deep on this one too, um, but a good balance. The deep and the funny. We went ninety minutes plus. It's uh, it's a great uh, a great up. You know, we sat down being like, let's just do thirty five minutes and then go to this barcade. And the next thing you know, ninety minutes flew by. So, um, enjoy it. Now that we got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Jonathan Kite. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to a no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. 
Uh. <laughs> we just do each other's impressions all day. Well, look, Seth Rogen is the one that I. I think everybody would like to do it because it's an immediate. You do it anywhere, and somebody knows who that is. You could be behind someone at a Rite Aid, and just start laughing. And first of all, how many times have you been at Rite Aid and late night, and you're getting something, and you're like, "I hope somebody I see doesn't see me. Uh, I know sees me here." Brother, even if it's nothing to be insecure about, you're just like, "I don't like the fact that I'm here right now." That I'm here right now, or CBS, because I live right by the CBS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm always like, "What do?" I always want to know what other people are picking up. Because like sometimes you're just like, I need TP right now. And look, this is the time I need to get it. 11.30, and you're, but that's all you're getting. And so you see someone, and you're just like, especially if it's, you know, someone that's the that time, you respect. That's the preparation age. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I have no the Rogan shame le- yeah. about anything. Like, I'll, I'll pick it up, whatever. But, but it's one of those yeah. things where, like, uh, like, I'll do it right now. I will leave this spot. Let's room we service some take, preparation oh age. Oh, my God. What do you think the craziest thing people have room serviced? Because uh, we are coming live from a hotel. What if we What if we room serviced um, like a colon cleanse? Oh, my God. What I were, heard a rumor Would they just say we don't have that? Or would they go and see, I think that's how you, I think you can tell how great how the, hotel the hotel is. How hotel is, 100%. Do they go above and beyond? Do they send, because they've got a, uh, there's always somebody down there waiting to valet people. And I'm like. There's no one pulling up right now. We're yeah, in the what, desert. What what time are people done with the valet? I mean, I would say cutoff should be at 2 a.m., but... Yeah, when the drunk drivers get home. <laughs> <laughs> Here, you take this car the final mile. I can't do it. Hey, Jesus, take the wheel. You know what I mean? Just blast Carrie Underwood. He's like, it's Jesus. Jesus, All take right. the wheel? Is that a yeah. Carrie Underwood song? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, The only song of hers I know... That I feel is the one where she beats the guy's car, right? Oh, uh, um, I dump my keys into his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't Christopher Walken before cover he, that? Before he cheats. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> by the way, you doing, we've done so many videos with you from set. But I'm Jonathan s- Kite, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm we, not we Brad. We do a whole intro. You're not Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I think people get that. Although people do have a tough time differentiating between Brad and I, which I find interesting. Because I feel like we've got different intonations. I mean, you and I've been and- friends for so long, I have no issue. But you know what, though, mine people, you do have a similar timber, and actually, it's where we were just talking about voices at the bar. That yeah, where it's the base it sits. That you yeah. guys probably have a similar timber, and that's the what base it is. is the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So over the mic, depending on what the quality and yeah, you know, the I told him he needs like to the- talk. He needs to talk true to his his people. And stop making it tough for people. You, you know? know what's crazy about him is... Like, I sound like a tall guy, you know? He's Brad, smoking. you don't sound like... People don't know this about him. He chain smokes during the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because if he didn't, it would just sound like a helium balloon. <laughs> yeah. That was like one of his first jokes, I think, was... Uh, you know what? Enough about the guy who's not here, who chose to not be here. Hilarious. He's you outside. Could- we just won't let him in. <laughs> we love you, Brad. Wait, uh... Um, so what's what what's the craziest thing you've ordered from room service? Wow! Because last night, actually, six thirty this morning, I was very high, and I go. Did you? But I left a voicemail. I know. I left a voicemail for room service. Hold if on. If you're not fucked up, you're sure it was room service though. Hilarious. Leroy in the janitorial staff was like, <laughs> "Because like, I ain't got eggs, <laughs> man. Why does why does Adam keep trying to order eggs?" So here's the voicemail I left. Literally, it goes, "Hi, you've reached in room dining. Please leave a voicemail." Boop. I go, hey, it's Adam. Um, as if they should just know. 
You know, I said it very much like what guys, time though? What tell it five thirty a.m. Oh wait, no five tw- no four fifty because room service didn't open until five thirty. So I was leaving it forty minutes prior to be like, once you get this, then bring it. So I go, hey, it's Adam. I want eggs. And you two left Benedicts. it like it was your voicemail. Yeah. Hey, it's Adam. Bring me eggs. <laughs> Beep. Like you, you left it like they were hitting you. Oh my god. <laughs> What's your uh, voicemail like right now? Is it normal? I have nothing because um. Why? I just what a waste. Because uh, yeah. I because for someone who can kind of do impressions, you're a great. Imp- that, you know what sucks is when we do you these took podcasts. The bait. You took the no, bait. you don't have to do that. Um, I uh, we're sorry. There's a there's cleaning staff is here, <laughs> and um, but we do need more towels. Um, no. By the way, how many times a day do they try to bring you towels? Oh my god! I Not think the, I have look. a roommate. I think this one of the staff here. I'm like, do you guys live here? They just keep Airbnbing our suites. No, I you're so right. Are you in the bathroom right now? Because oh somebody's taking because I had to use it. Are you in the shower? Because I'm in a shit. Whoa. And there's the glass Are you door staying here? that doesn't close all the way, or it, like That's it only weird. does half of it. I don't yeah. get that. They yeah. really cut corners on this hotel. What, do you like the glass shower curtains? No, because like it, they're big enough to have more than one person in there. Yeah, which I appreciate. Hashtag Pornhub. <laughs> but you, but if you, slide, that's your extra person. You just bring yeah. your laptop in the bathtub. Yo, I just I bring a lot in there. You and, guys uh, I had a crazy three last night, man. Me. And fucking me, the, the room service guy. He wasn't a part of it. He just brought the room service. Um, but no, but like it, the crazy thing about it is like it's half a door. Yeah. So it only slides like if you're in one part of it, then you slide it to you to not get. But where's the other half? It's so funny how there's things that you get presented with in, in life in a certain way. And you have to just be, you know, catch it in the right light, I guess, to step back and go, Oh, I didn't realize that I'm not a fan of the sliding glass door on a shower. The half slide. The half slide. I don't it's like It's halfway it. in. It's basically like making you pick like, you know, what? it's like just be a curtain. And it's a huge shower. And cover the whole shower. Come on. Also, the I mean, uh, you know, great for... Do you take baths? I do. Yeah. So you must love this then. I actually do love... I do love the size of it. But you know what's odd about that? I haven't taken a bath... Full disclosure. Since 1984. Because I ever. Um, I just watch other people. I enjoy other people and I enjoy birds in baths. Um, and uh, I don't like that that it's so big. I just feel like I'm wasting water. Yeah. This is a huge bathtub. Yeah. This is like a fourth of the size of the, of the jacuzzi out at the pool. I know. And it's, and it's kind of like, I don't, what am I going to fill it up? Because then I feel like I'd have to leave it. Yeah. And then take like a lukewarm you know what like, would uh what what would uh if Christopher Walken came into the place we're staying yeah and saw a bathtub that was too big for his liking oh he's here oh he already lives here but but he's now he's he, called he's I'm on the, the maid. staff I'm the staff that's come to the room yeah. to basically handle the uh dispute the, the complaint that he has about the bathtub size hello hi yeah. Mr Walken what's uh are you enjoying your stay well sort of oh there's a little bit of an issue with the tub. If there's one thing I'm known for, it's that I like to soak. I like to get in there until my balls look like two California raisins. Great. Is it so what do you need anything or is it Yeah. Is it too big? It's a little big for my liking. I like to feel like you know how pit bulls have a thunder shirt. 
You put it around them so they feel snug, yeah. like a baby in a papoose. <laughs> That's how I like to feel in the tub. I like to get in there and feel like I'm being hugged <laughs> by the water, like a hug from Poseidon. So we'll get you a smaller tub. That's We can switch you rooms. It- I like the tub the way it is, but I'm hoping that one of the many staff members <laughs> will keep offering me towels. If they would just hug me, I did notice Mr. was bathing. Mr. Well, that's something I can discuss with the manager when he or she gets here. I did notice you chose to not sleep on the bed. You're sleeping on the pullout couch. Is that is the bed not to your liking? My favorite fairy tale is the princess and the pea, <laughs> and I have pea PTSD. <laughs> You have P, PTSD? PTSD. The P stands for P. (laughs) And the other P stands for post. You know, acronyms. So the last time I slept on a bed, I said, wow, this bed is hot as a rock. It turns out I was sleeping in a Flintstones-themed hotel. Different story, another time. (laughs) But there was definitely a P under the stone. I felt it. I can't sleep on normal beds. What's it like doing laundry at a Flintstones hotel? Well, I like to look at the turtle, the the snapper, as I'm rubbing the clothes over his face. He hates the underwear in my drawers. But he always says to me, hey, it's a living. Don't you? Wow. Dude, that, I mean, all of them you're so locked in on. Oh, but thanks, like, I, I feel you like you straight I've never up, told you this. I've never said this before. Oh, you could, I feel like you could talk like literally wh- Flintstones laundry. I feel like you could have done an eight minute monologue on that. Well, you know what it is? Also, it's I feel bad for people who don't know, uh, who didn't oh. grow up watching the Flintstones. Legitimately. The Winston, the Winston, we're looking at you. The Winston cigarette commercials with the laugh tracks. Yes. I have them on my computer. Oh my God. He's like, ah, oh, bon. This is, <laughs> what a smooth. And he's like, oh, the sweet, smooth. Taste. And it's a living. They're like to camera moments. Like that was like they, they, they would break the fourth wall. Well, those animals would break the fourth yes, wall as saying. they were doing things. They go, yeah. it's a living. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love the uh, Fruity Pebbles commercials oh, too because dude, they were always so, so like, they were always one take away from Fred just losing it because he was like, Bonnie. And he was like, Fred, I need your Fruity Pebbles. And he was like, or, or no, Barney would like bust in. I think they're always, like, always one commercial away from Barney being like, you know, Fred, give me a, sorry, your footy pebbles. Like, it's all right. I'm fucking your wife. Like, I think they were just, there was so much tension so between much tension both of them. But it was more like this. For me, it was like, he was like, Bon, how long has this fucking franchise been going? Go buy your own fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. fruit cereal. <laughs> Wait, who was stealing whose? Uh, uh, I feel like he, Barney was always stealing Fred's. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, oh, I, uh, we're on, uh, we can't buy these with food stamps <laughs> yeah. or whatever. He goes, where's your money, Bon? Fred was living he a goes, better I play, life. He goes, I blew it on the ponies. <laughs> Um, it's like you know, terrible gambling addiction. So you were about to say though, you know what I said about walking. About about um, for me, if somebody like, I think that there's a lot of nano impressions or micro impressions that I do on stage. Yeah. But the truth that I try to um to keep myself to hold myself to this is, if I can't, like you know, we we were working the other day and I was doing Jet Bridges and yeah. and um and a lot of that stuff was scripted and a lot of it was improv. But for me, that's how I work on an impression like i i, I so you just, don't like to do it if you can't like live in it 100 and, that's it that's 100 because wow. i can't and i'll tell you something about we're, we're talking about rite aid i swear to you what i used to do there's a rite aid on vine and uh and i think it's like on, or on coanga and i used to go in late at night 
and um, when no one was there, and I used to, and I would try to chat up the staff. What if you just com- confess right now, robbing the whole place? I used to go there late at night, I, and just would steal everything. They I would still steal don't kidneys. know. John, we're on. <laughs> Wait, on what? <laughs> we just hear sirens. <laughs> but um, right, it's tapped into podcasts. This is the. Oh, we're on the right Aid network. <laughs> I should have oh, told you. <laughs> Wait, so you would go in? I would go in there and do Ian McKellen when I was working on him. For the uh, the staff didn't know what I was doing. I would go in there and guess what? Chat them up. People don't know this if you don't go into a Rite Aid, CVS, Walgreens, any type of that type of store past eleven p.m. There's a seventy-two percent chance everyone in there is batshit crazy. Hundred percent. So they're just happy that I'm not smeared in my own feces, <laughs> which you were, which I was, but, but they didn't. But it, they weren't my feces. But you did a, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you say someone's you go, like, I understand this is weird but it's not like, my oh shit oh my and god they- I go, I go oh, don't worry this is not my shit <laughs> it was the shit of an old man outside if I you're doing trip, voices in yeah. a Rite Aid late night they're so pumped dude well they Can don't I- know they no I, I'm telling you I try to conduct business as him so that's how I worked on my McKellen. So they'd be like do you, you know they'd be like oh here's do you have a Rite Aid card I go I, I, I do have a Rite Aid card <laughs> and I can't remember for the life of me Let's try some combinations of letters, of numbers. <laughs> and I would, and I would sit there and go, no, that's not it. And I go, oh, goodness. I go, I, I, the problem is I, I would like to leave, but I can't leave a dime on the table. <laughs> and I would just sit there and try to keep their attention without, like, honestly yes. trying to back up the line as much as I and could. And guess what? What a great gauge for an audience because you're getting people that are everyday citizens of life yep. that will probably know the someone of that stature and be able and and there's nothing in it for them to to um fake being impressed by it they're like either they go wow that's really good and they go along with it and they whatever or they that i speak that way yeah that's crazy i and so just for my own thing because i like to go back and forth and you know um that's just for everything though i i can't because that's how i come up with my bits because i'm not i don't just sit down and write I'll get on stage and um, I'm doing like this new Statham bit about the the movie The Meg. You know that shark movie? Yeah, yeah. He's in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. He's fighting a shark with karate. I don't think he knows how karate works. <laughs> and uh, I don't think he knows how sharks By the way, that's work. a great spinoff. Yeah. Turns out in that last movie. Turns out we're roommates now. <laughs> it's like, wait, and he's teaching me karate because he, he felt bad that I looked so no, bad in the first uh, no, movie. No. I'm teaching him karate and he's teaching me math. <laughs> From the producers of Face Off and the director of Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh my this is big God. for him. This is huge. He hasn't worked in a while. <laughs> Hanks is doing the trailer. Well, it's, Hank goes, from the producer. <laughs> my Hanks has always just stubbed his toe. No, because that's the other thing. Is like you, then, you get, then you can find out. No! I said, what was the video we made the other day? Like Tom Hanks just figuring out the oh, logo, yeah. logo, was it? Oh, you know, yeah, let me do it again. It was, uh, yeah, Tom Hanks stubbing his toe. Fuck! Tom, Fuck. Ha- Tom Hanks missing the bus. No! Tom Hanks realizing he was one number off from winning the lotto. Four! Tom Hanks uh, realizing that he uh, doesn't know the Wi-Fi password to his roommate's Wi-Fi, so he just tries to guess and then doesn't get it right. Well, I didn't know it. <laughs> Dude, and I and the thing is, and you oh. do you do you do, you do yourself a disservice, but you do great impressions. But the truth is, I think everybody that you do and that I do, for the most part, politically, I can't say this. I love the people that I do, yeah, because we have to listen to them, yeah. for so much that it's like you know, I don't enjoy. 
So you won't ever do an impression if you don't actually like, like you won't be like, oh, I've I should Trump. learn this for something. I got hired something. to do Trump. Well, I had been doing Trump for a long time before he ran. Right. And um, I did him because... Before he was popular. Before, yeah. Oh, well, popular was, to impersonate. Yeah, that's right. That's 100%. Because there are people that, guess what, are you can impersonate, but people were like, hey, man, like no one's thinking, like if that guy's not John in the Mulaney. zeitgeist or... Yeah. Adam Driver. No, no, but yeah, I do the Mulaney guys, again, because um, you start doing this and I was like so overwhelmed by it. And then I was like... God, I love, well, if he is, had his own show right now, that would be, you'd be doing that all the time. For sure. And by the way, I, he's from Chicago, so am I. I love John Mulaney. I love his stand-up. Yeah. I just think he's, he's so, he's fucky. And he's, what I love People about that, him is. Isn't it, is, is, do you ever, do you do this too ever when someone just goes, oh, I don't think that guy's funny. You go, oh, cool, you don't get, you don't get it You at don't all. get it. He is like, so funny. When he does that guy on the new special at Kid Gorgeous at Radio City Music Hall, which I've seen so many times now, um, I just love, I love that he wears a suit. I love that there's something like proper about him. Yeah. And he was, you know, obviously a great writer for SNL and, and incredibly um, now getting his due. Yeah. Not that he didn't before, but he's like in yeah. front of the camera now and everything on Big Mouth and whatnot. But you just realize the wealth, you know, because I think sometimes people who who aren't aware, and you've been on TV and film, myself included, um, the writers are so good. And it's like that that was the guy who was writing, you know? They're, they're so intelligent yeah. and so diverse, and the people that they hire on, on, on a show like SNL, that he, he wasn't even a performer. Yeah. And then he was writing, and then when he got in front of the camera, he had all this to give. Yeah. I mean... It makes you wonder, like, how much... I mean, they he would, did weekend update. I think a couple times. Yeah, and it didn't totally hit. But also, guess what? You got to be in the rhythm and the consistency of performing. Yeah, to well, even so, if he's back there writing all the time, and then they put him out once every four months, obviously he's not going to just destroy because well, you need the reps. Don't, well, I think it's more people don't know who he is. SNL is yeah. always about familiarity. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think that they really get people who are gold on that show. Where you know, and I love people love to say that people aren't talented or, or whatever about the show since it's 75. My father and I used to have, have this conversation. Is he a big SNL guy? He actually he loves the when when he says the original cast, he's super 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 happy about it. And then I'll show him like new people that are my idols, like Sandler or Farrell or Hader or Mulaney. And he just it's a generational thing, you yeah. know. And so for him though, those those original five years could do no wrong. And um. But you know, you, the the thing is, I, I just love Mulaney. I think he's fantastic, and in the you know, and my Mulaney is um. I go here's John. Wait, Mulaney. do the bit that you did for uh, for me that that you wrote. This is this is John Mulaney doing a book report. Yeah, I go. Um, this book is basically about a weird dad and his son goes to dinner and then he dies and comes back as a zombie. It's called the Bible. <laughs> I don't even know like what it sounds real, like right now. It does. But, but, he, but I love him on Big Mouth, you know, where he's just like, oh, no, Andrew, you know, he's been doing this thing and yeah. he has this sort of whine in his voice. But I just, he's a great storyteller and yeah. he uses his voice to tell, you know, like the, how specific it sounds and the and the, the sort of. Also, he's cadence. He's very comparable, I feel like, to. Um, well, I mean, like any great, like when I, when like Chappelle's cadence, you know, if you're listening to it's any joke, you know, like the levels and you can, 100. You, even if you saw it on paper, you would be able to read it in his voice. Of course. I think Mulaney now is the that same way when he, did, way. Yeah, when he does uh, that cop who does street smarts. Yeah. Street smarts. But it's really good with his, you know, and that's the thing is he does sound to me very Chicagoan and 
he uses that. I don't know. I love him. I'm a huge fan of his, and I I, I hope that he keeps growing and growing. Do you uh, enjoy this little break we've had from like not doing shows? I almost was even going to try to have us uh, go down to the club in we Tucson about this. tonight. I know, but it. then I just go. You yeah. know what, man? Like, stay locked in. Like, I haven't done something like this where it's been. Um, every day for three weeks and i was like hey you you want to take advantage of soaking up like the the cast camaraderie and 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 hanging out and like yeah. you and i don't don't hang Remember, out i was gonna go home to LA, LA. This weekend and you're like no nah, man stay here you, you're glad you stayed yeah 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 way glad and yeah the, and the part of it is i think that going on location somewhere is super cool because you get to be a band of brothers and sisters and yeah. live this experience yeah no so for those of you who don't know we're living in a hotel right now yeah. in the middle of Arizona. We've been posting about this movie, The Bellman, that we're shooting. So we're living in a resort and for And we play three best weeks. friends who work at a hotel. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's the best. It's the best. I've and never like, done a... I mean, obviously, you stay in hotels when you do movies, but uh, you hope. But, um, but to be there where you're shooting is pretty awesome to be able to go to your room if you want during lunch it's to, so convenient whatever to go take a dump <laughs> yeah i mean honestly and i, I will to use I'll, the lobby yeah, yeah. no it, and, and also when we get to roll like our call tomorrow morning is not that early it's like seven but i'll get up at like seven fifty nine and a half yeah and i'll walk down and be there. an hour late. i've been living yeah. in a bathrobe the entire time i love that here. too I was, yeah you you come down full robe and flip-flops and that's all i'm wearing yeah yeah have you always been a robe guy um, I love because I want to be when I see men or women in robes I love constantly I go I want I have robes in my house and I love smoking jackets mm. I love I just think they look classy yeah and um, the robes here are nice because they um, the outside feels like a comforter and yeah. the inside is a towel <laughs> So I could just get in the yeah. shower. They're like, hey, do you need a towel? And I'm like, I need a towel. I'm wearing one. Welcome back to QVC. <laughs> Vince Vaughn's QVC robes. I uh, Let me tell you something right now. Am I wet right now? I don't have to be because I'm wearing a shirt. Is it soaking it up? Is it soaking it up? <laughs> you, you know it is, baby boy. I'm, I'm your favorite tall drink of water, Vince of the Vaughn, and welcome back to Vinny's soaking shirts. You know, what would it be called? It'd be, uh, um, it'd be uh, I don't know, like... Uh, T-squirts. No, that doesn't make sense. Dude, by the way, there's certain people that you're like, I don't know where they get the actors for QVC stuff. Oh, I love it. But guess what? Like, And look, they're great in their own right. I can't do that, by the way. Is, is that? Do you know like, if you're able to do that? What? I bet you're a great host. Do a QVC? You're, I bet you're amazing at that. I am look, so Look, deep shy. down, I would love to host at some point a... I go back and forth You've between... You've game shows, though. You've been Yeah, like, but like I'm talking about like a host host. Like, uh, Don't you ever think about, like I'm sure, like a, a, a talk, talk show, show host? But you, then I, I always go back to like, I want to be the guy on the, sh- on the couch and I don't want to be the guy on the show. But then I watch sometimes and I go... And then with, with all the podcast stuff and just and how I like chatting with people, I go, yeah. I think I... You're a good setup, man. I, that's something that I would say about yeah, you. there we go. About I, that a lot of people are... Not not that they're bad at it, but I think there's something... Because anybody always asks me, and I've said this very publicly, yours is my favorite podcast to do. And the truth is, you get good people. And you've had for... Somebody who is a comic but like lo- does the podcast for the love of the game, you've had like Academy Award winners on your podcast, you know? And it's like you do it because when people listen to other examples of you, obviously you and Brad, incredibly successful comedians and actors and famous in your own right. But like no one ever thinks that you're like talking over. It feels like a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah between you and Brad and the other guests. And I think that is way underappreciated in the world of podcasting. I think that's a very, yeah. very tough skill. Thanks. 
<laughs> I just break down. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, thanks, Dad, if you're listening. Yeah. You. Harrison Ford calling his dad out. <laughs> All right. He goes, number one, I can't find my wife. But first, I can't find a hug from my dad. That's, a, he's a, that's what he means by wife. Oh, he's like, he's like, and everyone knows. Where's it. my wife? You pull back there in a bar, they go, yeah, he's and having he, a moment. Yeah, you see goes, like nine wife, empty glasses. Goes, His wife drove him here. Calista Flockhart is here. She's the DD for the night. Are they bro. still? Are they still married? I hope so. I think D- they are. Did you see? I love him. And you should probably just throw this in the act in your Harrison uh, wheel of fun. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, is an amusement park that has to open in twenty years. Where you're just high and he spins you around. <laughs> All right, kid. He's running the thing he though goes, because for the love of the game, he's yeah. like, I could yeah. hire some young kid to run the the. I don't trust wheel. anyone. <laughs> To run my wheel of fun. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust anyone. <laughs> you know, I used to do this bit about him. Wait, 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 tell your well, th- you got it. Like, he, him um, on David Blaine's Netflix special. It's my favorite. That, to me, it's genuine magic. Like, his face. It's like he, Harry Potter said, like, you know, Wanda's what did Harry Potter say? eight books. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. What is it? One uh, Latinus... Uh, Harry Potter said, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's bobsled time. <laughs> a guy that just loves quotes but can't match oh them up, God, right? But he doesn't know what they're from. Jared from Subway said, mama gonna knock you out. You're like, no, dude, this is... This is... Uh, Harry, I think you got that wrong. And also, Subway's not a sponsor. So we gotta pull that one back. No, when up. he... Harrison Ford on that special did everything you want out of him, where you go, you made me love you even more because I watched you get ready to enjoy magic, so you weren't freaked out. Well, he has a face... Which is so good for film and television. When he smiles, because I don't feel like you see him smile a lot. And he, I, he smiles at half his face. Yeah, you know? he like it creeps out, and then he sort of goes back. Right. You know? Yeah. Because also, what? How many? I mean, I guess even in Indiana Jones, like when he would just have that smirky, like half grin smile, you, it What's, made you feel so in good. Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom, when he's like, "We are going to die." Yeah. Oh my god, I've seen that movie so many times. Really, I love that. It's my favorite one. Will you, if you truly love a film, how many times will you watch it in a given week? Like the first, like I remember the first movie I truly fell in love with was was, and Babe this is just what I'm thinking of right now. In the city. Which one? What? Babe Two, Pig in the City. Hilarious! What a great call. Oh, I, I haven't even seen uh, the Breaking first. Breaking Two, one. Electric Boogaloo. That was the name of Babe Two. No, Breaking Two. Oh. Breaking was a breakdance movie, and then <laughs> it was Babe called Breaking Two, Babe Two. Um, <laughs> Hilarious! Oh my God. No, it was Mallrats the first movie yes. that I remember watching? Like yes. when I saw it, I go, "I'm going to watch that tomorrow," and I'm probably going to watch it twice. So that was so for me. That was Back to the Future. Wow, I've seen that movie without exaggeration. I've probably seen it 500 times at and, least. And, at least, and because and now because you've seen it that many times, when will you put it on? Like to. Is it just a feel-good familiarity? Like, I will watch it. Put it in the background to, to write or, or... Well, that's how I am with Gangs of New York. And my buddies and I have a running joke where if they don't see me, they just assume I'm watching Gangs of New York. So one night, they called me from the bar and I and I didn't pick up because I was watching Gangs of New York. And I sent them a screenshot of me watching it and they all just like busted up. But it, it, I... I don't know. Like I, I find comfort in the Karate Kid. There's probably about like 20 movies that, like Karate Kid, right? I, I love the movie, so it's really hard for me to watch it because if it's 4 a.m., I will watch it until he beats Johnny. Like even if it's another two hours, I've done that where I'm like, ah, I could go to bed, but I need him. I need him to win the All Valley wow. Tournament. The power of film, man. 
yeah, man. Well, that's why we. I for me, that's why I got into this when I was a kid. The Wizard of Oz, which is my favorite movie of all time, was it? it, it and is, it is. Yeah, yeah. I just thought like that was the greatest thing in the world. You know, this um that this uh you know this girl gets lost and then she makes friends and they go together to try to you know get this thing and oh, just so you get got her home. And you were taking the story like you. I thought got it was invested the scarecrow it. was the coolest thing in the world. And then when he threw himself in front of fire for her and then he pulled himself apart. You know he got pulled apart yeah. by the monkeys. When I was a kid, I thought like that is. And when she says, "I'll miss you most of all, scarecrow." So there's a movie. That is, People sleep on that line, by the way, and they're just kind of like, oh, she line. said it because she picked a favorite. She just was on, let's make a deal, and she went with door number three. Yeah, no. And, and Wayne Brady. She's like, the scarecrow probably won't you know, rape me or something. Like, why did she pick him? Like, the tin man's like strong. Did. The lion's like, you're you like know, unpredictable yeah, emotionally. Yeah. Emotionally, <laughs> that guy needs to be, he's like a Zerta. Or a, scarecrow's like my gay best friend, but like, like no, he actually wants to fuck a, you. He just oh, like, boy. Yeah, he jumped in front of fire for you. He jumped in front of fire, and he got his shit pulled apart. And, you know, and she said, I'll miss you most of all. And I remember there's a, there's another great line where, where Tin Man, when he's, you know, he's frozen, when they first meet him in the forest, and he goes, oil can. Yep. And what does Scarecrow say? He goes, oil can what? That's a great joke. But um, <laughs> oil can what? He's just saying oil can. And the thing was, like, there, you know, there's a great movie called For the Love of the Game, which is... Um, Kevin Costner. Dude, I can't watch it without crying a hundred times. Good for you. You shouldn't be able to. It is about... The things that you do in life, they matter. It's a ripple effect for life, you know? And um, and for there's one thing where he has to strike out his best friend. And it's he decides it's going to be his last game of all time. And before he throws that final pitch, he looks at the guy and under his breath he goes, I'll miss you most of all, Scarecrow. <laughs> because you got to say goodbye. I swear to God, that's what he says. 100%. For real? For real, 100%. Because it, it's sometimes saying goodbye is the right thing to do. And that's what Dorothy had to say when she had to leave for Oz. And that's what he has to say to retire. And he says it to that guy under his breath. And he goes, I'll give it to you straight down the line. So you, something like, I, so you know I always gave it to you down the straight and narrow. That I always this was the last right. pitch? Is that? It's not the last pitch of the game, but it's that guy's last at bat. And they were best friends. And then his team moved to the Yankees. I've said this movie a hundred times. And because um, uh, and, and, he goes, I got to feed my family. That's my team. And he points to his family. And so Kevin Costner's like bitter a little bit that his best friend moved away. Yeah. And now he's batting. But he always gives him the pitch. He doesn't give him a curveball or a screwball or a slider. He pitches it hard straight down the the middle because he goes he respects him that much to do and he's got one more pitch in him and it's the only way that he can say goodbye and under his breath he goes i'll miss you most of all scarecrow damn you have to be a uh now do you think the guy who wrote that has 100%. as much of an appreciation for the yes. film as you do the and writing in wizard of oz the reason that everyone old good. and young the guy who wrote wizard of oz wrote Ball. for the love of the game he Kevin Costner wrote both those things, and I want to tell you, he doesn't get. It. He wrote Waterworld. <laughs> Willie, by the way, yesterday, Willie Garrison, uh, Gar- how do you pronounce Garson. it? Garson. Garson. Yeah, we were at the we were at the OK Corral yesterday in yeah. Tombstone. Take me through that day, by Brosef. the way. Bro, I told you the whole day. I was wishing you part, my partner in crime I know. was there. Well, first of all, I love your zest for life in general. Oh, dude, like, I got up when you uh, th- on DVD the movie. Get up too. <laughs> Getting a boogaloo. Get up to Pig in the said City. I got up. I said I thought you got I it. Get from on like, up. It's a, yeah. Get on up. Get. Tom Hanks. <laughs> what That's will the be? Tom alarm clock. <laughs> get up. Get on up. <laughs> Wait, but give me the slower version of the snooze. It's from Philadelphia. You know what to say. I have AIDS. <laughs> you get the snooze. <laughs> Guys, don't snooze on me because I have HIV and it's going to go to AIDS. <laughs> what? I, you. Get- this is depressing. <laughs> 
Wow, okay. Is there a Toy Story uh, alarm clock? Yeah. Well, come on. <laughs> Get up. Come on, guys. Come on. John. Come on. Dude, you're a uh, couple things away from being a um, not doing this podcast in a hotel room. I thought you were going to say I'm a couple things away from recording my own illegal <laughs> pull string Tom Hanks toys from China. <laughs> I'm a couple brain cells away from that. Dude, do you realize... And maybe you should just make like some sort of prototype Hank's alarm clock and get it to his people somehow and be well, like, you know, his brother Jim does all his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jim, for those yeah, Jim Hanks, he and it's so. But crazy. I don't. He can't sound more like him than you do. He, you know, but what's I funny guess, is he sounds like, you know, there's like guy, you know, uh, guys who sound like Tom Hanks who says, "Well, we have to say Private Ryan." You know, there's a very like yeah. sort of conversational. Yeah. Well, yeah. come on, you know, because I do it from the Burbs, which is also one of my yeah. top twenty. Yeah, and at the end, oh, where he just it? goes, where he goes. No, Walter. Just and I—that's how I learned Tom Hanks because I love that movie so much. Uh, what is there, what movies have are filmed in Tombstone that you? Oh, so pump- we were there by the way, Willie. Because I love Waterworld. Yeah, we're at the we're at the reenactment gun show. You know the OK Corral, and uh, and literally Willie turns not to like anybody in particular, um, and he just goes, "Why is Waterworld so underrated?" Like they, there was somebody wow. there, but and I turned to him and I was just like, "Now we're blood brothers for life," because that movie doesn't make any sense and it's it's total garbage and it's one of my favorite films. And of it all also time. costs like the most of all so movies to make. They built the atoll, which is the sort of floating village. By the way, I think the, it's atoll because working at Universal Studios for I, almost you, ten know. years and literally my break room being in the backyard. Still, every there. other day I would walk out dressed as Wolverine, hearing the atoll. Yeah, or so. then, please welcome your cast from Waterworld playing the Mariner from CSI Toronto, Hilarious. David Biggins. And you're show? like, these aren't real credits, but you know, God bless them. They're all great actors and great oh performers. Oh my God, CSI Toronto. <laughs> that is hysterical. On an upcoming episode of The Middle, and you hear some guy in the audience going, the middle of what? That joke goes, that's a shout out to Alfonso who um, from our cast who said his uncle his hilarious black uncle who when he told me he was doing an episode of the middle he goes yeah i'm doing an episode of the middle and he goes the middle of what <laughs> that was also your chris rock <laughs> but um but the, wait, wait so atoll atoll well he goes in the future the polar ice caps yes melted. that's the beginning of the universal Dude, show i know it i brother but it's also the movie yeah and then he goes those who survive like what do they have to adapt yeah. to a new world yeah and then he goes and the beats coming yeah like matthew mcconaughey in a drum circle and then it just goes like Wait, do comes it. Up. <laughs> well it just goes like yeah that, that, Wait, that's ma- like a seal that can't get back <laughs> to water <laughs> wait but do mcconaughey doing the water world intro well, God, I, I can't do yeah, the right, guy right, with a drink in me. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the thing we were talking about with like with Clooney. If I've had a drink, there's certain guys that I just of course to register. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so so Willie brings it up out of nowhere, and I turn to him and we just high five and hug. And I, he wasn't. There was that's nobody awesome. was talking about Waterworld. It was like if if I was like, remember when Dukakis lost, and you're <laughs> like, hey man, let's just stick to the podcast. <laughs> like you know, he just brought it up off fucking nowhere. <laughs> we were at we were talking about cowboy shit. And 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 uh, and you know and the OK Corral the movie Tombstone, come on, you've seen flawless. Oh yeah, flawless. But I, I don't know. realize how big of a fan I am of Western movies until I see them. Brother, my dream is to be in a Kevin Costner Western movie. I know. 
Tombstone's flawless. Um, Which obviously he's not. He was Wyatt Earp and he was in. Wyatt Earp's flawless. And he was um, in. Uh, uh, 310 to Yuma's flawless. I love it. Well, you know, it's a remake. Have you seen the original? No, babe 2, Pig in the City. Babe 3. <laughs> Tombstone. Wait, Babe. Wait. Big, babe okay. 3. Pig coming home. <laughs> it's bacon Pig time. robbed in third. <laughs> it's when he's part of the Air Bud series. He's playing baseball. <laughs> Why um, didn't they combine them? How many animal movies do they have to make before they realize the all, the chimp is you can hockey. field a team? The Chimp with Matt LeBlanc, yeah. Babe, Air Bud, Flipper. There's an infield. Could you imagine <laughs> that he'd have to play a water sport, though? Flipper's just in the fucking infield drowning. No, like, Flipper's third base coach. <laughs> hilarious. But he's drowning you in You never air. know. Everyone's go- stealing home because he's constantly just... <laughs> he's having seizures. Wait, what's your Flipper impression? <laughs> Or is that Nick Nolte having a wet dream? God damn it, I just juiced my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and my dry cleaner said, I think I couldn't get these back for another 48 hours. We get it. You were in that movie, Nick. <laughs> Constantly looking for a Constantly way to drop the riffle his own shit. But is, you're like, you can probably bring it up without soiling your shorts. Uh, actually, this is the same day. I asked for 48 hours. <laughs> and then I'll come back and I'll say, hey, can I get another 48 hours? <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I guess. <laughs> Just pick up your shit, dude. I love Nick Nolte. I love the movie Cape Fear. Great movie. Great movie. Wait, so what about the OK Corral experience? Because, uh, and this is what I want to compliment you on, too. Like, when you travel abroad and overseas, yeah. and even in any city, you're just like, you very strategically place uh, pics on Instagram that are like, from a place, but like a cool thing about it. Like even today, you showed me pictures of the menu you had taken pictures of from a bar, oh, that was and so I was like, "That's dope. a very specific thing to just go." Oh, this people probably don't know that this exists here, and it's not just like a wide picture of the bar and the ambiance, but it was like, "Oh, that menu says a lot about that place." Oh my god, it says "Have a night out or don't," and it was a skull drinking and just having the booze go right through him. And the back of the menu was was a was a, was a coffin. Being held by a skeleton hand, being squ- being squozened, squeezed. Squozened's a word. Squozened, and then blood is coming out of the coffin. And, there's, wow. and it says the end. I was like, that's awesome. Also, like, who came up with that? And is that a job? Satan. Or- <laughs> I mean, you're right. No, no, but you want to look. So a buddy of mine was running a bar. So there's a guy named Charles H., who is sort of responsible. He went around the world in, in, in the early, I'm going to get this wrong, late 1800s, early 1900s, and he chronicled all the cocktails that we have today from all over the world. That's incredible. And there's volumes called Charles H., these volume one and two. So a friend of mine at the Four Seasons Hotel in Seoul, Korea, uh, shout out to Lorenzo, there, there's a bar called Charles H., and they have the two volumes the originals, first uh, printings there. And so all the drinks there are based off the original recipes. And so the menu reflects that. And he used to work at this place called the Savoy in London. Their menu was a pop-up menu. Wow. And it was so, they were stolen. That, that's how cool yeah. the menu was, right? And um, so, but, but that really does make an impact, you know? That if somebody goes down, you know, it's not a restaurant. You have to convince somebody to spend $20 for a cocktail or yeah. whatever it is. I don't yeah. Know. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Look, life gets tough for everybody. And, uh, you know, the ups and downs can take a toll on your mental health. Um, Thankfully, BetterHelp is here. Um, A new sponsor of the ALN podcast. Available worldwide. And uh, it's available for you to to reach out to somebody um, to to have some chats with about about what you're going through. Um, You know, it's it's like a, a weekly therapist 
that you can schedule and have through video and phone sessions. Also available on your desktop, mobile, web, Android, and iOS apps. You can send messages 24-7-365 to, uh, to get matched with a counselor who's right for you. Professional and affordable counseling. Um, because we all need it. You know what I'm saying? I just started uh, getting into therapy and it's it's changing a lot of stuff for me. You must be 18 or older to join. We have a custom link for you. Betterhelp.com slash about last night. Um, and you sign up. It's proactive mental health. It's not a crisis line. Financial aid is available. The expertise in this network um, is uh, locally available in many areas. But regardless, if it's not close by for you, again, video uh, and phone sessions are available. And it's easy to change counselors if you're not uh, happy with the one that you get matched with. But I highly recommend it. And um, again, uh, betterhelp.com slash about last night. Find a professional and affordable counselor for you to uh, to just chat with and, um, you know, navigate through the, the tricky waters of life. Because it can get a little bumpy out there, as Mariah Carey once said. I don't know if she said that, but hey, it's even gotten bumpy for her. <laughs> Betterhelp.com slash about last night and, uh, and start uh, treating yourself to some, to some help, some mental help. We all need it. All right, back to the episode. And, and what does it for you? If you're, when you're traveling abroad and you want to, I'm sure, are you seeking out your own local hotspots are you trying to uh, take recommendations if you're going to a spot do you try to uh locate all the people you know that have been there and be like where should i go yeah, or do you so look I, up I a list or a, i throw out a hey guys i'm going to india which is the last big no wait where was i i was just in brazil like uh two weeks ago three weeks ago and i, I any chance you get that you have some time off you go abroad, i get yeah? the hell out of dodge why is that because we're gonna be dead and the internet is not a, a proper substitute for reality and so like back in the day i always think that i would have been an explorer or like some asshole that you know like got on a ship that you know just to get out of there and it's not that i don't love where i'm from but i always thought that like i would always want to see an elephant instead of like in person and just to go like there's something amazing i know when i see like that's why it's any sort of national geographic or life when i always start i'm like there's got to be a reason that when i start it five minutes in i go yeah well, i'm, I'm is, fantasized uh, or fascinated by it but then i'm just like exactly like you said i would love to it's so incredible i was in uh i was in thailand and there, there are some questionable animal sanctuaries. I, I honestly don't know if this was like a sweatshop for animals or whatnot. I mean, they make wallets, but they were nice. But <laughs> so I went. But the koalas were selling them. But the koalas, ugh, are they? Are those guys the, the used car salesmen of the of the, <laughs> the uh, of Thailand kingdom. of the animal kingdom? Of uh, of the, but got they, a great snake wall. Yeah, hilarious. Wait, so, well, so those are snakes. You say <laughs> stop selling me your oil. It's just this just saliva. It's not even venom, you piece of shit. So you send out a group text. I'm going to India. All right, I just send out a um, I send out a uh, an email or I make calls and I say, has anybody been to India? Let me know. And then my brother had lived there for six months, and I had some friends that had been there. And a lot of times, I take suggestions and I look for the best bars, and I look for the not like but but restaurants that there's a place called Bukhara, which is in Delhi, and that's a super 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 famous place. And um, it was worth the price of admission. It was like all the hype was real. It was amazing, amazing Indian food. Because sometimes you like people go, oh, you'll love this here. And you go, oh, yeah, this is like your spot, but I think the food's garbage. And so you sort of, it's hit or miss, right? Because you, your taste and my taste could be completely different. So I try to ask specific people. 
And then I put it out there, like my friends just know, or they go, oh my God, my buddy lives there. You should go visit him. He's in, you know, Mumbai or Goa, the other place I went, which was really, really dope. And then I sort of just like figure it out on my own. And then when I get there, I try to see, you know, if I never come back here again, what's something that I have to have done. And when India, I went to the Taj Mahal, which was, wow. it. it is one of the most impressive things that I've ever seen. And the color of the marble looks like the color of the sky. So when you are introduced to it and it comes into your eyes, your field of vision, it looks like it has appeared out of the sky. It's fucking nuts. Wow. And so then is I it think, one of the seven wonders of the it world? It is, yeah. yeah. And so I think... What else is? Uh, the, the Great Wall of China, the Pyramids of Giza, the... Ooh, I'm going to get this wrong. The Colosseum, I think, is one of them, which I've seen. The Outback in Detroit. Outback Steakhouse? Uh, yes. Well, it was a Shoney's first, so it was of the ancient world, the modern world. By the way, Outback, can we just get into that real quick? Yeah. The guys that they, have you ever been to, you've been to Australia, right? Didn't yeah. You and Adam go? Yeah. It was the best, right? It, it was the best. The shows were incredible. It, had we not had a uh, thirst for, look, we landed two hours in, we went to the Australian Open. Incredible. So fun. Um, would not have gone to an animal sanctuary had not a, a podcast fan reached out to me and said, wow. saw you here. If you When you get to this place, if you want to come, was I'll Was it the Taronga Zoo? I can't remember. It, was it in Sydney? No, it was in um, Melbourne. Brisbane. Brisbane. I didn't go to Brisbane. And that's when we got to hold a koala and feed kangaroos. And she set that up. And literally, because it's like, we, Adam is so down to do anything, but like none of us had thought to think how do we go do that you know what i'm saying so reaching out and i go and then i was like hey guys that's we're gonna the go only do this place tomorrow. i've heard in australia that you can feed koalas seriously yeah in brisbane it that, was i uh, missed out because i really wanted to go yeah i went to the zoo the taranga zoo in sydney which i think is the probably the best zoo in the world yeah and we got to feed giraffes my, fa my favorite tough. animal they're they're sweet they they're have the coolest sweet. walk they have um what's their lifespan uh if they don't smoke, uh, <laughs> by the way, a chain smoking giraffe. It doesn't well, get cool. Well, it never gets that. there because it's a chimney. Uh, you, did you ever wait? Did you see that that famous or there, it's like Planet Earth or something where it outruns the lions? The giraffe does. Yeah, they're fast, man. They're not cheetah speed, but they're fast. It's cool as hell to see something like that. Yeah, it, it looks like a, a crane or a bulldozer. You know, yeah. so you're like Jesus. Is that? It's like a rudder. It's all rudder. It's all. It's like a. It's like a sailboat without a sail. <laughs> it's like can somebody take down that mast? Oh, it is the mast. Okay, keep running. Yeah. But but wait. So you so Australia, uh, you went. We went. Yeah. It was fun, right? It was. It uh, that was on my top of places to go. Sure. Since I was a kid, because yeah, of course, uh, it just seemed like uh, the animals. The animals. Yeah. That's like I think, but like any place, I just go. Oh, the. It, I, I almost decide how majestic it is by the creatures that live there i'm like oh that's where koalas like mainly live that's where they're from oh, yeah. i want to go see what that world's like they're they're all little you know the eucalyptus is like marijuana to them. yeah so they're the all guy told sleepy. us he goes these old ass koalas we yeah. were holding he goes all he does all day is he sleeps and when he wakes up he's looking to fuck and, and what do they have what do, what do koalas have what uh, std chlamydia. Oh, uh, chlamydia yeah and uh i found out the hard way and uh what Oh, I guess okay. Here's where Will I'm announcing silence it. Silence right, for 45 <laughs> minutes, and then I go. I think we edited that out, right? You know, coming back after 45 minutes. No, Seven Wonders of the World. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. By the way, what do you think? Chlamydia Mountain. <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> if you were to ask like a 14 year old right now what they thought the Seven Wonders of the World are, because let's be honest, uh, like, Drake. 
Um, they not were, joking. Uh, That's what I was uh, like setting you up for. Like, what are there where they go? Oh, Seven Wonders. They didn't even know that there were. You know, so the incredible. Seven, you know, there were seven wonders of the ancient world, and only one of them exists today, and that's the Great Pyramids of Giza. And there was like the the, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, Colossus at Rhodes. Um, yeah, they they don't exist. Who anymore. decides, and why only seven? There were, and also, and piggybacking on that, why only seven minutes in heaven? Remember that game in middle school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was like, hey, you two, go in a closet and hopefully figure it out. You know what that was? That was like um, speed dating for your privates. <laughs> You got seven minutes, man. If you guys, if neither of you can nut in seven, get out of my fucking closet. <laughs> and it, my used house. Be, it used to be called nut. Get out of the party. Actually, go get us beer and then that, come back and then leave again. That's the home again. game. Nut in seven by Milton Bradley. Like, remember, don't wake daddy. If you get the, the <laughs> that was a one. game. Yeah, don't wake daddy. I don't it had like, to do with alcoholism, I don't right? Like I used to that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> don't no, it, it had to do with alcoholism. Of course, don't it wake did. daddy. Daddy I'm six Miller Lights deep. Don't wait, Jeopardy Daddy. isn't over. Yeah, don't oh. wait, Daddy, or, or there's gonna be or there'll be hell to pay. Oh shit! You have it. The gangs. The game spanks you. But what, wait, no, so so the so seven, nothing. This I mean that's hilarious. But uh, so seven. So the seven. The seven gyozas. The pot stickers of yeah, uh, the pyramids of pot stickers. Yeah, yeah the, the pot stickers of Shanghai. The seven gyozas of the world. <laughs> One of them is in uh, San Francisco. The Chinatown there is fantastic. Wait, we well, haven't been what are the others? Uh, the other Mount gyo- Rushmore. Gyoza huts? No. Um, <laughs> gyoza <laughs> hut, their version is just gyoza and pizza. <laughs> Welcome to gyoza hut. What? Um, I think it's a spinoff. The, the restaurants are getting spinoffs. <laughs> Alf is their, is their uh, mascot. Is there, um, is there a he show? He needs cats. Real quick, is there a show? Do you watch a lot of TV? Uh not really, but yes. I mean, I'm aware of sort of everything because that's what we do. Like, uh, how often are you getting something to audition for that you're like, fuck, I haven't seen that. I need to study it. 99% of the time. Yeah. I am aware of certain things. I hadn't watched Game of Thrones until, oh, yeah. Watched half of an episode and the amount of, and at this point too, look, I'm not like against it. I don't, I'm not a part of a anti-Game of Thrones fan club. Um, but that's because I haven't been asked. But but, but uh, I also that's my podcast. The, <laughs> no, it's great. I loved what I, I saw. Been asked. I thought it was amazing. It looked amazing, and I guess and um, Chris Lee made this point one, one time when people were pitching him to get into it. He goes, "Everyone goes, oh man, eight episodes in, it's so good. You got to stick around." He goes, that's my he goes, if I'm Netflix. buying a sandwich, yeah. He goes, and I take a bite. He goes, I don't want them to be like, dude, eight bites in, you're gonna love it. That's he goes, really funny. be good right away. That's really you're funny. a sandwich, you know. And he goes, I feel like that way about TV, and I go, that's a great point. And now that's that, every Netflix show. I know. They're like, dude, just get to episode one of season two. <laughs> well, why not just start there then? <laughs> that's my like thing about Netflix yeah. where I go, where I go, what, do, Netflix is already. That's why they're like, so quick to recommend. They're like, oh, I thought you were going to quit, but hey, it's, we're coming right back. Dude, more. I don't need Netflix to, to endorse something that I'm or It's like, it needs a sales pitch. <laughs> don't sales pitch TV no. that I've already paid for. I'm already here. Yeah, I'm here. But it's like, oh, dude, it's, yeah. So but, I but, agree with that statement. That's I think that's really funny. But so what did you think when you watched um, it? I mean, I liked it and I, you know, part of it was that I had, and this was like, two three years ago but i was was with a girl at the time and we were she she was like oh you'll love it and then when we broke up it wasn't that i was like uninterested by it but yeah but now that show has yeah that was how lost was for me let me tell you about lost i still want to watch that show dude it's so my has seth rogan seen lost Eh, uh, whatever i smoke i'm lost (laughs) 
He's like, no! <laughs> Seth, uh, if you went to a deserted island, what would be the three things you would take with you? Did you say dessert? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, well, I would, uh, I don't know. I would, uh, well, probably, first of all, uh, I would definitely, uh, I would take weed seeds so I could plant them on the island. <laughs> That's actually a great answer. Uh, thank you! And the second thing, if you had one DVD, what would it be? Uh, probably Babe 2 would be. <laughs> Not an electric boogaloo? Oh, yeah, babe, two electric boogaloo. Wow, that pick and dance. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the pick and dance. He's a, uh, he's a dancing pig! <laughs> Have you seen Homeward Bound, Seth? Uh, the Incredible Journey? <laughs> if you could have voiced one of those animals, which one would it have been? Uh, I, would, uh, I would say that it was probably more of the, uh, isn't there a golden retriever? Named Chance, I think, right? Chance, yeah. Wasn't it Chance? It was Chance. What was Michael J. Fox play one of those roles? And he was, he was the Sammy's cat. No, he wasn't. Wait a minute! <laughs> Are you calling me out? I'm, I've had a lot of weed this life. Wait, so uh, was he really? I think he was. Can we get hold on? Can we can we confirmation on that? Was Google. Michael J. Fox in uh, Homeward, Homeward Bound, Bound: The Incredible Journey? Um, so you do you ninety percent of the shows you don't know you're going in for. I know what they are. You know what they are, but I and you got the but you and you understand the world just from yes, knowing of the zeitgeist yeah. in which we live. <laughs> Right? How how uh, uh, informative? How more informative is it to then watch a show and go like, "All right, cool. Now I'm actually seeing the style." And well, the style is everything. I'll watch a clip like you. You helped me. Thank you so much for helping me out that audition. Yeah, you crushed both of them. I had to do Osama bin Laden, and the thing is, it's a comedy. But there is something that's a which, by the way, it, it seems like a very funny show. Uh, I just, you know, I would love to know the tone because when you don't go in for something and you don't know the tone, like I'll watch clips on YouTube of stuff if the if the show already exists, so I can sort of see, you know, where I'm headed. Especially because comedy tone is everything. Um, yeah, and th- there's, I, I think, and you can definitely get because there's was he? Yeah, he was right. Damn, what character? Him. Chance. Oh, he was Chance? The Golden Retriever? Who oh. were the other characters and who played them? Who were the other leads? Who was the Siamese cat? By the way, there's a trailer for a Jeff Bridges movie right now. What is it? It's uh, at the, the, the Royale one. Oh, this my God. really good. Does he do a bad movie? Him in the rain? I'm, I'm in. Oh, Chris and- Hemsworth? You wow. gorgeous bastard. What do you think you said there? It's raining in the car. He said, "Listen, man, the one day I don't, I don't, I don't pack a an umbrella." Wait, now can can Jeff just talk about commercials? Listen, the thing about Gatorade is, man, I uh, he's pitching this commercial. I got, I think it. I think, let me tell you something. There's only one thing I drink, and it's Gatorade and Scotch. <laughs> That's a weird combo, Jeff. Well, it, it tastes fantastic, man. <laughs> By the way, here's how cool he is. If he all of a sudden started doing that and Gatorade got wind of it, that'd be the first time Gatorade would be like, we need an alcoholic beverage, right? A hundred percent. Well, you know, I, you'd you know, be a dumb, dumb not to. If he came to you. You don't have to drink my whole life. Pedialyte and vodka. I was going to say Powerade and gin. Hilarious. But Pedialyte. All and sport and tequila. <laughs> all sport. I just dropped the mic, but I'm not picking it up. <laughs> Oh my! What all happened sport? to them? Brother, like the surge of, of energy. Yeah, drinks. it was just the sugar without any of the yeah, help. No electrolytes. No, 
Instead of electrolyte, we've just given you more fucking sugar. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Hey, we'll give you sugar. You give us your foot. <laughs> Soccer players couldn't drink that shit. They'd have nothing to play with. All sport, yeah, the official drink of the- uh, All sport, no foot. <laughs> All sport, the official drink of the paraplegic soccer league. Oh my, of quadriplegics everywhere. Quadruple by the way, leagues. why? What did I say? Paraplegics. By the what's way, what's the difference? Uh, oh, quadrus. Quadru- no. Nothing. Yeah, but let me ask you this. <laughs> no, no, but I just mean like it's all it's all four arms and legs. Which league are you paying for? Uh, if the, you have if you have uh, the opportunity to go ticket, you you walk into a stadium. Uh, yeah. On one side of the field, they've got the paraplegic games. Yeah. The other side, they got the quadriplegic. Yeah. Yeah. Which one are you going to? I mean, <laughs> I'm walking out. <laughs> I'm just getting the fuck out of there. I'm going to see Babe. By three. the way, how is all sport not the bottles in the shape of a foot? Oh, my God. You give us your foot? Jesus. Did we give you all sport? That was pitched in the meeting. Oh, my God. Oh, that is the grossest thing. They go, Giamatti, we don't think. Well, well, well. no. Look, Paul, we want to hear. All right. All sport. All right. Look, we I need to get back in the game. Oh, we're in the game. We're in the game. I never left the game. So what do we just say? chugging all sport. Yeah. You say this. Where's his lip gone, by the way? His lip is always hibernating for something. And then he's waiting for the hibernating movie. for the winter. And he goes, it's winter somewhere. It's always winter somewhere. <laughs> All right. Homeward Bound, man. the cast. Don Alder is Molly's father. Ed Bernzard is the... All right. I'm looking at the like side parts. By the way, we've got about uh, t- three, four minutes left. Are we going to the barcade? What do we think? I don't know. What do, you what think, do think so? 11, 10. I don't know. What are you thinking? I mean, just the fact that neither one of us are like gung ho. Yo, uh, Alfonso has Switch in his room. I played the Nintendo Switch. They're not a sponsor of this podcast, by the way, but I will tell you this. I'd, I'd be down to amazing. go back down to the bar to have one or something like that. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. We're going to like, yeah, we'll drink. do that. A 30 minute drive sounds tedious. It's right 11, now. though. Is they, are they going to be open? No, we'll figure it out. We'll go back. There. We'll, we'll be good. We'll wrap this up. Yeah. We'll wrap this up with what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we got to wrap this up because we have a drinking problem. <laughs> yeah, we are, yeah we have a call in seven hours. We're filming a movie, but we're crushing it. I will say this: people don't crushing our liver. Yep. The movie has been going so great, but there was an in particular scene a few ni- a few days ago where, and this is what was great about it too, because you were we were doing a bunch of uh, impression videos with you, and then I was like, we got to find a way to get this in somehow yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah, what a waste did. if you're not that's so funny i mean i remember you yeah that was crazy that and you... then literally later that day i think it was or maybe the next no, day it was that day yeah you and predicted then it. you had to do the scene and this won't spoil anything where you're you know pretending to be someone on a phone call well i just couldn't be me no yeah so you're gonna have to do a voice yeah and so uh and cameron fife shout out the director yeah shout out writer director amazing was so uh he down came up to it. me yeah and he just goes you can do a voice for this, like to do whatever you want. And and tr- truthfully, I never, which I, lo- you and I bullshit, and we have so much fun with the voices and stuff. This I only do them on social media and like uh, uh, podcasts because they're fun and we like joke around. Yeah, and I do them like you and I will joke yeah, about yeah. them, but like no one, you never go in for like a Taco Bell commercial and they're like, but what does Tom Cruise think about the Chalupa? Yeah, like so there's yeah. stuff that we. And it wants to be, and, and having it be in context is even better. And it was, you know? So it's like, you've already established your character in this film, and then yes. you get to do that, and it doesn't seem crazy. No. It's just a funny, and you're, and beca- again, like being locked in and being able to speak from that person's point of view. Yeah, like, yeah, it was fun. Oh, man, that's going to be a scene stealing moment. That was, it was a really fun time. I can't wait for people to, to ju- if the movie was just that, it wouldn't make any sense, but it'd be great. But it'd be, but it would work. <laughs> Um, all right, I'm gonna. I want you to guess. So 
first of all, who are the the leads in uh, Homeward Bound? Uh, who are the uh, kids? Let's sing Journey. What's the what's the what's the name of it? Home for the Journey. Journey Home. The, the, yeah, with Journey the band. Yeah. Any way you want it, Michael J. They missed out on that. Michael J. Fox, you need it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that Michael J. Fox? That was that was no. That was uh, that can was. You do uh, Michael J. Fox. Uh, you can no. do a dog, right? Oh, great Scott! You know, here's the thing. I could like I gave up on it like before I did it because there are guys. That Doc, do, you tell me this is. Yeah, Doc, you tell me there's a time machine yeah, yeah. out of a DeLorean. He's like everybody just hitting puberty. You tell me that this gordita is cat's foot. You tell me. You tell me this chalupa now comes with spicy Cheetos. He's like doing the Taco Bell. Why are they getting up. him to do it? Well. Number one, we tried. Don't and I'm, say it. I'm trying. No, I won't Don't do make it. a parks joke. I I didn't. All right, I didn't. You just hear you just hear me leave this podcast. Um, but I but the thing is with with I don't do other people's characters. Like I really really respect. I think that um, Dan Castellaneta and obviously Seth MacFarlane, those guys to me, or even Justin Roiland, who I know you know. Yeah. I love, 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 love Rick and Morty. Shout out, please do cast me because I think that's the greatest fucking show please on TV. Please cast John Kay. It's so funny. That show is like my, everybody who knows me like knows that I never shut up about that show. And I that's something that for I've it? watched. Uh, I just for the part that they go, can you do Danny Trejo? I was like, yes. So then I did Danny Trejo and then they wound up getting Danny Trejo to play Jaguar uh, in season three. So they asked three. Jan- Danny Trejo if he could do John Kite? And he said, no. That's all I said. I was like, wow, there's not more than that. He goes, no, I can't. <laughs> but eat my donuts. Oh, which are great. Oh yeah. By the way, what a weird thing to just like create like as no, a branding. The thing. weirder thing is, have you seen Danny Trejo's pantyhose? Stop. One of the eight. That's the eighth one. The, the eighth world. one of the world. <laughs> you know what? They, what's so wonderful about them is they never tear. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, um, and then I did the I auditioned for the part that Joel McHale got of Buckethead. In the uh, Rick Mansing the Stone from he'll, season three, he'll get one. I, I also might send it. But I said I won't do like I, I respect those characters. So when people go like, "Do you do Peter Griffin?" I go, oh, yeah. "No, no." I, listen, oh no, because you know who does Seth MacFarlane, the best. You know, so for me, I don't. Here's the thing about Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd is one of my idols. Reverend Jim on Taxi. Everything. He's. I think he's a legend. I just don't do Doc Brown. I don't think there's anything wrong with people to do. That's just not my thing. Do you drink Doc Brown soda? Yes. By the way, how come he hasn't done commercials for them? Oh, great, Scott. <laughs> Party! Party! We need cream soda! Ooh. And <laughs> Ours, That's it. We're just guys with emphysema. Hey, <laughs> oh, great, Scott. <laughs> no, dude. Like, you know, I but I love. You'd think I would do one of those fucking impressions, yeah. considering Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, for sure. But maybe you love it so much you can't. I never. And when I was a would kid, it be great if you did like Leah Thompson? Like I that was, was gonna the one say you got if I did Biff. <laughs> Hello, that's a terrible Biff. So good. That was like a. But what if I? What if I was convinced that I crush it as Biff? You know, people like that are like, hey, listen, this Biff from uh, this is my Biff impression. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's pretty good. Yeah. Hello, McFly. Moonfry, Moonfry, Soleil Moonfry, Soleil Moon. Hello, hello, Punky Brewster, lover. What's one of my first my crushes? Brother, George, what's his? Uh, what's the last name? Who played uh, Punky? Hello, Punky. Wow, that's obscure but spot on, and I love my it. favorite when he goes. He's the he's the he's the uh, the uh, the commissioner, the commandant of the of police academy. Which, by the way, shout out, love those movies. When he goes like many many honors, and he's the guy when he goes. He's like, what's your favorite food? Viking. Um, <laughs> I love that guy, George. I can't remember his last name, but he is so fucking. There's funny. a little John Lithgow in that. 
John Lithgow. I just got here. Sorry, I was outside. I couldn't find the room. Well, we were uh, a couple rocks from the sun. Oh, I was third. <laughs> he always he, he always has a plan at the party to set him up for that joke. He has a he invites a plus one, but only a guy who can set him up <laughs> for one joke. Like and the they guy. Goes, you can leave. You can you can go now. <laughs> Your Uber is here. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, my. I was going to say French Stewart. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's got a ton of Wow. Sugar. French Stewart actually did a Broke Girls episode. Dude, he is the nicest. He is so cool. Real quick for your Broke Girls fans. Um, favorite guest star? Oh, that's not French Stewart. That is a honestly, that's a great question. Or, I've, or I've never been asked this before. Seriously. Well, I have so many questions, and we should do a straight up episode Adam that's Ray. all Broke Girls. Hilarious. Were you there that day? I was there? Yeah, you were. Yeah, that's right. Dude, yeah, I that's came right. to hang out with I you, remember. bro. I remember. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I literally had uh, two lines that were extended to three because of sweet Michael Patrick King. He loved you. You were and, great. Uh, you and were I remember just... we did like two takes. On the second one, he goes, well, the first one didn't get a laugh. And then he just goes, say this instead. And I go, what about this too? He goes, yeah. And I did it. You know, live audience. Yeah. Got a laugh. And all the crew was laughing. And then he just goes, got it. And yeah, I was like, man. cool. He appreciates people that show up and and make it happen. Yeah. He's the, and I number- was so pumped. Like, I don't I don't know what the three line, uh, I think it was considered a guest star. Maybe not. Maybe because, probably co-star. Co-star, anything under five, I think, is yeah. a co-star. But I was so pumped and so just the like. The show was huge. Yeah, for sure. But especially that point. But I'm wondering how many people like that are also like, you know, Comedically, conf- like to be like, hey man, like I'm, I'm bumped, like let's and let's have some. And what about this too? Like in my head, I was like, oh, maybe just say what he like. Don't give him no, suggestions. But also, you're a stand-up, and, and Michael always, always, always respects writers and yeah. stand-ups because he um, has been around them so much, and yeah. he's really, you know, all, a lot of his friends are. So when when he hired a lot of stand-ups, yeah. to be on the show. Oh, we had shout out to Laura Keitlinger, to Morgan Murphy, to Ian Edwards. Like we had great punch-up people. Stand- yeah, you know, they were stand-ups. I mean, Morgan was a staff writer, but um. So so many great guest hosts. But like, how about this? How about not even just favorites? So you don't have to like break it down. But like somebody that came on that you were like, holy so shit! So you know who Hal got- Linden is? He was Barney Miller in oh, the TV yeah. show Barney Miller. He was one of the most impressive people I've ever worked with because he was so good he like especially for sitcom acting you know there's guys out there who um like john lithgow who won so many emmys for third right from the sun he was so good at it and at the end of the day it is really 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 hard i think to make it as honest and exciting and as um funny as it can be and john lithgow did that and hal linden did that and he was very very famous for uh, uh a million reasons and then um and then, uh, and then who else? Hal Linden. And then I really loved having. Um, I mean, there were people that I'm just that I maybe didn't even know before the show, but I just thought they were so funny and so. In what Michael Patrick King, who was a, one of the main guys on Sex and the City, yeah, and it was our main guy. He can size you up great in a business sense, extremely fast. And so what he did was he would cast people that were so right and then that they would really be able to flourish and grow right. and really produce right. in a high pressure, high intensity, you know, um, fucking, you know, bullet to the temple right. situation. What is the, um, uh, real quick before we wrap up, what is, what would you, have you been on a movie like this before? This long, uh, this in one spot, not, this? Not, well, no, because unless it's location, most of the time they just let you go home because right. they don't want to keep you, they don't want to pay your... What uh, What do you find being the um, main 
differences and what has been most enjoyable about this process versus like a two broke girls My, schedule and everyone and, well Cameron I've known forever you I've known even longer and um I think it, mostly it's the people I've known Kellen a long time but even like um the, the people that he brought in like Fonce I didn't know and Andrew I didn't know and Josh I didn't know and Willie I didn't know but we have all become like Truthfully, and this is such a Hollywood thing where everyone's like, everyone's cool when you're like, no, they weren't. And you hear about certain times when people talk about being like, we all became best friends. But then I then you hear stories or you hear from the person later that you go, oh, is this and that. But it's like it truly especially and it should be for a comedy. But everyone is so chill. Yeah, we really. And I'll tell you what. And wanting to make the best thing and yeah. and being and not being shy about speaking up on what was stuff. the thing we said about the other day though the by here here this actually this is I think and the crew's been lights out the crew's been lights out and that's so really friendly. cool to sit back and watch and go oh they really give a but fuck. but they also have great sense of humor and <clears throat> yeah. like they let us fuck around because they know that everything we're doing adds to what we're doing yeah we're keeping it loose we're not fucking we're not like wasting anybody's time yeah. when when, when uh, Ricky um, uh, first city who's it's the best unreal. Will uh, will uh, step in and chime in. I even see him sometimes hesitating a couple seconds later if he sees like you and I just like riffing up until we call action because it's like he gets it like oh man they're using all that we're like, in they're an not, energy right now that we're going to carry into the scene. Yeah, you you got to be able to separate I'd, from goofing off to like no we're going to lock in. But guess what? Like you know it's like if you're in an audition uh, and you're sitting there in silence for a minute versus like and look i i don't like to mix it up a lot if i'm waiting for an audition because i just don't sometimes i feel like it distracts me more i might have gotten in my own head with that unless it is somebody that i really know it, i'm i'm doing myself a disservice if i don't engage to uh get some energy going you you're know? right and that's the thing is it depends on where you're at and the crew's been really great engaging where we're at but i said I, I actually think the best thing about this entire process for me is with the amount of people and everybody is so funny yeah in their own way yeah. fonts Andrew, Josh, you, everyone, uh, Kellen, Willie, they're all, and Thomas Lennon is coming. Are you kidding me, Rich? Richard Kind. Everybody's so funny, but at no time is everyone trying to play one up. It's easy. There's no desperation. There's no sense of like, I better keep talking so someone thinks that this is funny or topping, topping, topping. Everyone's just in conversation. And also I think with with everyone trying to, and... um, you know, I f- f- there's uh, some people too that are. I don't want to say would be coming into this a little less riff heavy than like someone like you or I would be because we're it's our nature. <clears throat> we're comics that are yeah, nature yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But like, I do think setting the tone with it a little bit from doing it offset a lot and on camera. I have noticed more people wanting to jump in and be like. I'm going to play a little... I'm well, going to have a little more fun on this take. You're the lead. And so when you do it, it's the same thing on Broke Girls. The reason that that everyone took us seriously, there was when guest stars never fucked around, which I can't... I haven't... I've been on some shows, but you hear stories. Kat Dennings is so professional and so kind. We're going to listen to you. You're the lead sled dog, right? Not to say that we aren't good people already, but on this movie... You're the you're the guy that people are looking to, and so when you when you treat things a certain way or like and and you do it with um, professionalism and consistency, um, that you know people are like okay like that's what we're gonna do. 
Whereas like if somebody was a lead guy and they were a dick about stuff and sort of a, then it, tensions would be high. They just are. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I did definitely didn't think about that until like a two days before getting here where I was like, oh, not that like, because I, you know, just don't have the, um, you know, uh, diva cockiness yet of somebody of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me two months. When this thing comes yeah, out, and don't even look me in the eyes. And action, yeah. eye roll. But you know what I'm saying? But then I people. <laughs> but I thought I go. Oh, there is not that anyone ever looks to like. You know, they don't like go. Oh, if if what that person is doing, who's the lead, is then we should all. But there is like, if you're not doing, if you if you're going out of your way to, and I am a very glass half full positive person. But like, I was like, there can be moments where I can turn up a little bit in certain things, and also. I think on my own nature, I was like, I don't, I want to be locked in and be upbeat and not ever. Um, but it does. But then I start thinking about, it, I go, oh well, think about the things I've been on where I've, I've recognized that person, and not that I've, if they've been, um, you know, lower energy in, in pockets or not, that I've gone like, ah, oh, fucking, why, why won't he pick it up? We're all, he's setting the tone. But when it does happen, you really recognize it and go, oh, cool, man. Like, yeah, it's. Not that that because you're not even as the lead. You're not the t- like. There's so many other people running everything above it's you. It's not your responsibility, but I will say you're the figurehead for a lot of people because you're the one that if if you're on camera all the time, even uh, background. I mean, you had great background. In this. Yeah, they go. Oh, that's the guy with the lines. So even they look and go, that guy's the focal point. Whether or not, whether it's the scene, you know, it could be, it could be multiple leads on, on multiple stuff. But I think that you have a responsibility right. to be as positive, upbeat, uh, energetic. Because even if the crew, and by the way, the crew is like Voltron. There's like 50 million moving parts, right? So sometimes they can't light it. Because remember, we were playing tennis the other day and yeah. the sun kept moving. Yeah. It's like, hey. It's not the crew's fault. It's like the sun, whatever. So we're our job is to maintain our cool in every situation. Yeah. And then because people then look. Because it feels so easy, doesn't it? Like I can't. It does. I mean, well, I think you and I are like good natured. We're like, that's the type of people we are. So you I, also know, like, you're like, hey, man, everyone's trying their best. Oh, duh. And there's a lot yeah, yeah, going yeah. on. I know. When people assume the otherwise, you're like, what? Even there was like a scene that we were doing the other day when, and it was a kind of a, not super emotional scene, but just a little more heartfelt or whatever. And there was, you know, some chatter uh, a little bit uh, right inside of the hallway of where we were filming. And so I just kind of stopped and was like, we just wait a second because like that was getting distracting, but I didn't like freak out. But it did like, it bugged me for a second because I was halfway through the scene, but I also just go, not the end of the world. We'll start again. We'll do it. I'll get another shot at it. Who is chatting? Um, I don't want to out them, but it was uh, Sven. The uh, no, <laughs> no, was it guests of the hotel? Or? Um, yes, they're they're guests that were like in the. Conference that's the thing, room. and when you're that, and that's, and that's an, the problem. Yeah. we are at a live hotel, a huge place. There's plenty of people renting. You know, yeah, um, they are uh, renting. <laughs> can you rent a hotel? Yeah, yeah you I, probably. I can. have a timeshare here. <laughs> Do you know that I I'm trying to work this into a joke called the Land Before Timeshares. Oh my god! You 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 texted the group chat the other day. I was like, I'm also yeah. working on jokes about religion. Where I'm like, well, but when somebody everyone likes to claim that they're Jewish, but I'm like, unless you learn to walk on a Friday, you're not Jewish. <laughs> um. So Shadow was played by Donna Michi. 
Oh, or De- my or Delamitri. No, Donamichi, the best. Yeah. Oh, Shadow. Yeah. yeah, Shadow. And Sassy was, you'll never guess, but it'll make you feel so good. Queen Latifah. I'll give you three guesses. I'll give you two guesses. <laughs> no, no, hold on. I just want to say something else. Queen Latifah is an idol. Uh, wait, three guesses. Is it Glenn Close, Meryl Streep, uh, Sally Field? What did you say? Glenn Close, Meryl Streep, Sally Field. Mary Fuck Hill. First do that. Uh, Mary, uh, but I can fuck the person I marry. Mary, uh, yeah. Meryl Streep. What is this, 1979 Utah? Uh, maybe. We're, we're doing Time Machine. <laughs> About last night, Time Machine. Uh, so Mary who? Glenn Close. Who'd you say, Glenn no, Close? No, Mary, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, fuck Sally Field. Great. That wasn't like a diss. Like, fuck Sally Field. <laughs> and, uh, oh, sorry, Glenn. Glenn yeah. Close. Yeah, sorry, Glenn Gary, Glenn Close, Glenn Close. Yeah, it's uh, it's what was the what was the uh, what was the movie she was in that she won the uh, Academy Award? Uh, Scissor Sisters. No, um, sorry. <laughs> she won the X Hamster for that one. <laughs> <laughs> what did she win an Academy Award for? Uh, your your fans are like you dummies. Yeah, <laughs> wait, it's uh, um, Fatal Attraction. There it is. She was so good in that. Yeah. Um, Wait, who played Shadow or who played the third? One of those three that you said. Is that true? Yeah. Shut up. And I bet you know who it is. Glenn Close. No. Meryl Streep. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I've never been more adamant about Glenn Close not being the right answer. No, she. <laughs> Get out. Uh, Sally Field. Yeah. Yeah, it was. As sassy. I knew. Th- I knew that it was one of those three. I did. I. I just couldn't remember who it was. And she crushed. And Sally why Field's hasn't an she American voiced? Treasure. Yeah. Why hasn't she voiced more? Classic kittens. Well, she voices my dreams. She's won what she went for. Uh, she's won two Academy Awards. Yeah, I'll look it up. Uh, come on, she's the best. Yeah, she's uh, American. I treasure. just watched. Um, fuck, it's not called Stand Up with Tom Hanks. Uh, Punchline. Punch. Wow, you had never seen it before. Nope. Whoa, do you yeah. know that Tom Hanks actually went out and did stand up? So there's a movie called. Over the top with Sylvester Stallone, where he—it's an arm wrestling movie. Do you know this movie for real? No. Where he can't win unless he turns his hat backwards. And Tom Hanks—I have a recording on my phone. This is real, of Tom Hanks doing actual stand-up in the clubs, and his joke was about that movie, where he's like, "How do we believe that he did this thing with the thing?" And then he's like, "Ah," and he's—he's like making fun of that movie. Because he went on the road, or he went out to do stand-up. Oh, David Wayans is in that. Can I tell you something real? This guy, God rest him, Max Alexander, who was my mentor. Hmm. I wouldn't be here today uh, on this From high school life. No, he. So he uh, hit on my friend Dave, and my friend in Vegas. He was opening for Tom Jones, and he's like, "I'm not." Uh, my friend was like, "You know, I'm not gay. I'm, uh, you know, I'm." Uh, I'm, but you know, but I, but I appreciate. It. I was very flattered, and and Max like, well, what do you do for a living? And he goes, I'm trying to move to LA to be an actor. And Max, fifty uh, year old guy, my friend was like, like you know, I think like twenty one or something, and he's like, oh, you're just moving out to LA. And Max goes, yeah, uh, or my Max goes, you just moved out to LA. My friend goes, yeah, and he said, I'm moving out with some buddies. And Max said, hey, when you come out to LA, I'll help you. Whatever you guys need, let me know. So my friend was like, ah, okay, whatever. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We. Uh, we came out here to LA. Max Alexander, who's in Punchline, he plays the heavy set Jewish guy who's out of breath. He's wow. also in Roxanne. He set us up in his apartment with uh, 
you know, all made it a home base so we could find an apartment, so we could get ourselves situated, got me uh, into an acting class. This guy is the reason that I am where I'm at today. Wow. He passed away a few years ago. He is he is one of my he's one of my favorite people that I've ever met. He was such a when and when you bring up the name Max Alexander, what he he was having um he, kidney failure. Fuck. They did a um they did a uh, uh, um a charity event for him. I saw him at the Directors Guild. Everyone who never does those events did those events. Uh, Jay Leno, uh, uh, um, uh, Paul Poundstone. I'm telling you, literally, literally, everyone who's like, I don't do charity events. Not because they don't, because they're always asked like a hundred times. You know. They all did it, and they all told the most amazing stories about him when they got up on stage, and they were like, this guy helps everybody out. He's the coolest fucking guy in the world, and he's not somebody, like, everyone's like, oh, he was like, you know, he's not like a skeezy guy. He never Weinsteined us. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't that bullshit. This guy was a true, true hero of mine and one of the greatest human beings I ever met, and he was in that movie, and he was a stand-up forever, and he used to open for Tom Jones, and his best friend was Jerry Lewis, and he... um. I just shout out to him, you know, wherever, you know, he passed away a few years ago, but my life would not be where it is today without his love, his care, and his support for all those years. And he gave me some of the best pieces of advice where he's like, one day you're going to book a TV show, and he goes, don't buy a car. And he goes, because it's going to get canceled, you're going to fucking have to return it. And he told me that as like a kid. I was like a 22-year-old kid, 23-year-old kid or whatever, and I just never forgot that. So when I got two broke girls... I still drive the same piece of shit that I never... You know that I drove it forever. 99 yeah. Chevy Cavalier. It's because of Max Alexander. Wow. Yeah. So shout out to wherever he is, man. I love How much did you think life. about him when you got the show? I mean, I, it, I always... I, I, I think about him uh, so much because I think about... He didn't know us for shit, but he believed in us and he Wholeheartedly. was like, you guys are going to make it and... And I know a lot of people, when I'll bring him up, people will be like, dude, fucking, I know Max Alexander. He helped me out. It's like, you know, it, it was just, it's just an amazing thing. And again, to have somebody who had genuine spirit and care and love for people that he knew how hard it was to make it out in Hollywood, and there was nothing like sleazy about him, you know? It's also, uh, it's just a generous man. And I, I love how much that he's impacted you and you still like will uh, willingly talk about uh, the impact, like, daily and that how much he's uh you know just coming up for you because if you were to sit back and i think you get to do it more so when you get older and really think about the people that have come across like even you saying that makes me think about three or four people in my life from elementary school through high school that have directly where you go oh man if i really had to sit down i go you i might have been heading that way and you made me get back on the path or took me down that path or said one thing that you can't i mean the amount of things that you take in or or uh put out that you um might just uh that just you know go in one ear and out the other that you don't recognize in that moment as being like integral to your development or your uh, for the love of the game yeah with with kevin costner yeah it's a that's part of what that movie's about where he says to a guy who hit, the ball hits him in the head, and they and then they they all make fun of him, and they and then he goes, man, uh, he goes, do you think that's going to be on ESPN tonight? That was pretty funny out there. And Kevin Costner is the pitcher, you know, so he's kind of like the leader, I guess. I don't yeah. really know how those locker rooms work. I'm like an alien who pretends he knows what, what about sports locker rooms. But he goes, um, he goes, he said, uh, there's a lot of things they show on ESPN that I don't think are particularly funny. He goes, you can do two things. You can go out there and, and, and uh, hold your head high. And he says something else. And he goes, don't help them make a fool out of you. 
and then he in the movie he inspired him because when they when a guy hit this incredible home run that guy grabbed it from for Kevin Costner so that he could have a perfect game and he tipped his hat to him and it's like you don't know that the inspiration the things that you give all you can do is be the best version of you and be positive. Just try not even paying it forward because he wasn't like, this will help me out later. But it's just like, that's what the, these mentors, the people that I really think are special in my life and my development and everything, yeah. that I think, wow, they just took the time. And you never know the ripple effect in the world that you'll have on someone else's life. Let's close this out. I want to I wanna name and not get into the... De- this would be a nice little uh, for the next podcast, yeah, but yeah. to really go into depth on these people. But I'm going to say, Mr. Bauman, uh, I think it was Tom Bauman, Linda Johnson, who's my high school drama teacher. Awesome. Um, uh, who was the first guy? Bauman? Uh, Mr. Bauman. Who PE teacher from elementary, all of elementary school. Wow. But dude, I was like such a you know heavy kid for a while. And he just like, there's just something he just, get, he didn't like go out of his way to be like, oh, that kid loves food. And like probably nobody loves him as much as he loves food. Yeah. He just was like, he just saw something. It was just so encouraging and, and saw that I was like, you know, trying to be a funny kid, he just like, yeah. but could tell that I didn't have a ton of oh, friends yeah. at that point. And then um, he actually was at in my so- uh, senior high school. I was um, vice president, and I gave some speech at some PTA community thing or whatever, and brought him up and talked about. It. I didn't know he was there, and he sent me this like, I probably could find it. This like, just I mean, essay of like I was there because I basically just was like. People were talking too about like who affected you in your journey through up yeah. until this point, and I just was like immediately him. It wasn't like searching for it. I was like Tom Bauman, blah blah blah, and then just told these stories. And he was there, I had no idea, and he was just like, man, I was fighting back tears and blah blah blah. And again, I just was like, awesome. I don't think about him daily, but um, I would hope that like as I continue to just like you know, uh, achieve and fail and grow and le- whatever that yeah. I just go yeah. like, oh, that guy, w- nothing in it for him. Like, you would think, it, I would think as a teacher at some point, you're investing that much time, you go, hey man, if you do make it, you better fucking yeah, thank I'm me. your agent, I'm 10% here. <laughs> or get me tickets to the game or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just hope that these kids like, but it's so easy just to move on. Well, because you think about how much they do. And by the way, you're so public in your life and obviously successful, so people can see the results, the writings on the wall. Whereas a lot of these kids, you know, they get they get touched, uh, or they're, they're like there's an impact on them, and then it, maybe it's like a it's a small thing, it's like something that's for their confidence yeah. or whatever. So yeah, the small two, ones are really too like there's probably oh, even like a yeah. teacher or a security guard or somebody that said or, or you know, I, you know, I don't know. Even my eighth grade math teacher has now like every time she has come to L.A. hits me up and has come to shows and and. Uh, and I remember I even told her on her last trip where she came to the comedy store and she was like making some jokes or whatever. And she just so like being like, I'm so proud of you and this and that. And I go, well, you know what? I go, I got to tell you, like you were a stern teacher. I go, but you, I'll never forget this. Like when I would be trying to make people laugh in class or joking or even saying stuff back to you, you would, uh, wouldn't tell me just to shut up and stop disrupting. You would be like, that's funny, but there's a time. Yeah. And I was like, I see your uh, compliment and raise you. I don't give a shit. Here's another one, you know? And <laughs> so, uh, no, but it was like, you need that to, um, you know, like you need somebody you to do, to, man. You need those people to even. You need, you need, uh, you need a certain, you need guidance or whatever. Yeah. Mine were, were those, is that all of them for you or no? I mean, also mom. Mom. My parents, 
It's so funny. I uh, mine were when I was little. This is going to sound like a bad thing, but it's not. I had a, I had a, a the mall Santa. Yeah, I was going to say this is my priest, <laughs> uh, uh, Father Hansy. That was his name. He was Irish, um, Hungarian Irish. Um, so I had this teacher who named Miss Myers, and she's dead. Shout out to Miss Myers, and uh, she uh, she asked my parents if she thought I was retarded, and because uh, I she thought I had a learning disability. So wait, wait, your teacher thought she she asked my parents. I swear to you, she said, "Um, he, what were you doing go, that gave her any sort of eating thing? poop? Leave me alone." <laughs> no, so uh, I um I was no no I was just I had an ADD. You know, I'm like I am now, but I had no goals and impressions. In life. Oh. Yeah, I did. I have one impression of cocaine. I um. Did you impersonate teachers? Yeah, so I right. did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mr. Shut, shout out to him. They, I we used to convince the, and it was honors uh, English that we used to convince the substitute teacher to let me teach English as Mr. Shut for the whole fucking time. It was amazing. So anyway, real quick, I used to in seventh grade could impersonate Mr. Schultz, my cartooning teacher. Mr. Schultz, right? Talk like this. I would literally, when he would leave the room, call the. Uh, you front know what my op- favorite thing about that is cartooning is not a real class. And, it was the uh, best. I learned. Um, <laughs> I learned how to cartoon. <laughs> I. Uh, I uh, uh, would call the front desk and be like, or the front office and be like, we need 6,000 pieces of purple construction paper. And some kid would walk in class being like, they told me they don't have it. Oh, <laughs> but I impersonated got- my high school girlfriend's father and used to call her out of school all the time. I'm like, there's a family emergency. She's got to come out here. Jesus. Yeah, I Ferris Bueller'd that shit, except I was both Cameron and him. So uh, I was like, Sloan Peterson. Like, there's no one here by that name. I'm like, shit. <laughs> Um, so this woman, she called. She told my parents that she was like, he needs to go to a special school. He's, you know, uh, uh, mentally handicapped. And so my parents were so, like, in not enraged, but just like, we, this, this is bullshit. So they moved us, my sister and I, as a result. And so I actually think that that person, like, that was like who created one, Batman or the Joker. One created the other. But right. You never know. Right. right. Chicken and the egg. I actually credit her. Is somebody that was an inspiration in my life because I'll never forget that like A, that I did have something, I just didn't know how to control it. And B, I think like I, it pushed me to sort of keep being the person that I always wanted to be. Right. Didn't ruin my life. I didn't hear like that this old woman, by the way, who's um, dead and buried, fuck, no, no. But I'm um, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that shit. But it's like, I think, you know, I'll tell you this, I think about that often because someone was like, well, when was the first time that you really felt like, not that, like, that, that you were being pushed in that direction. And I go, most people was like, oh, you know, I saw like a sunset or like a unicorn. And I'm like, you're hallucinating. You know, such thing as one of those. And, um, but I think to myself, well, the sunset. Is, yeah, the sunset, yeah. of course. We live on a, we, a Ray Bradbury dark planet. <laughs> you never seen the sunset. <laughs> Bernie Mac, what are you doing? Here? And, um, but I said, but I was like, I actually was inspired by that woman because she was sort of like this, the cruel hand of fate. And the thing is, like, you can take something like that in your life, and it can be. I've seen stuff like that shut people down, mm-hmm. and for me, it did not shut me down. I didn't think badly of this woman. I, I never did. Her name was Miss Myers. I never thought badly of her. I remember thinking, like, I was confused because I was so young. I was like five or six years old, but I remember thinking, like, it, like the, people aren't always going to see you the way that you see you. Yeah. And you know what? You just got to keep fucking being you. So my first like inspiration positive was Miss Brooks, who was my first grade teacher and we like um right after that and um we had to she was just like very nurturing of me and she was like you know you're this weird little kid who like does crazy shit but I like you and I'm going to keep 
you know, fostering. So she had a great relationship with my parents as a result because she wanted, you know, she was like she investing in, in my life. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And and then I had a guy by the name of Tim Ortman, who was my high school theater professor. Shout out to Timmy O. And uh, he was the most magnificent person in the world because he really taught me that it wasn't enough to have talent. I had to have discipline. And so he really Mr. Miyagi'd me because I was like this fucking... Like so we saw you acting out and just being a little spastic and was like, hey, man, you got to hone that in. He's like, we're going to do this play. And he's like, you there, you can audition for these certain parts, but you need to do like, we're, but this is what's being required of you. And then I didn't get cast. And then I was like, it's a musical. And he's like, yeah, you can't sing or dance. And I need, so he's like, it's not enough that you're funny. Yeah. I need you to have these skill yeah, set. Yeah. So then I took dance lessons and singing lessons because of him. And so he helped shape me. And then when I auditioned for university, I did the, the Cerno de Bergerac. Cerno uh, de Bergerac monologue where the guy makes fun of his nose in the bar and then he says like oh that's the best you can come up with and then he like lists 50 things so I did that for my audition and he worked with me on that and he's like you know all that like shit that you can do that you hold on to like fucking fire he's like now you do that so I did like all these voices and like jumped around and like danced or whatever Whoa. and then I like that was your coming out party that for was like, like I was you? my late in life quinceanera <laughs> and I was like um, and I was like and I was just like Moroccans, I, or I was like Castanets. I'm like, yeah, let it be. Like that's not even a part of the song here. It's not a musical. And I was just like, and scene. And then I just walked out and they never saw me. So, um, but I, I, uh, I did. He was like, you have that ability, but you need to know when to use it. Yeah. And then when I got to university, there was this guy by the name of Bob Anderson. And he said the most truth I've ever heard in my life. Where he's like, you're talented, but you, you'll, you'll never be any good. He's like, you'll work your whole life, but you'll never be any good. And he said that to me publicly in front of everybody. And what he meant was, he was he was all love. He was like, you do what you do, but you need to do those other things well too. Because that's what you'll get. You'll get hired because you do this right, thing. Right, right. And I remember he took me to the next emotional level of shaping me. So I have all these people in my life that that saw like this, this fusion, this ball of yeah. energy. And as my brain evolved and caught up and could understand different shaping methods, they would continue to shape it's positive it. reinforcement. It was. And not taking it. It's just like a straight up like. And I never, I wasn't, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'd be sitting here lying say if I wasn't discouraged at some point. <laughs> of course, but at the end of kid. the day, you're a kid. And you go, you want to be the guy in the, the lead in the play or whatever. And then it's like, you're not ready. And I remember by the end of those things that I, you know, I, I came out to LA and I like, you know, I booked jobs. And I know that without those specific people, starting with Miss Myers, who was like, hey, this retarded little kid has no future. I was like, <laughs> verbatim. Yeah, that's written on her tombstone because that's where I fucking carved it in piss. Holy shit. This new podcast is called Turn for the Worst. Uh, it's called U Turn. We, we do 90 minutes of fun and yeah. then just the last night. Let me tell you this, Miss Myers' family. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus shit. Christ, we're catching all the tears on the mic. Can we? His tears are popping on the mic. No, but the thing is, at the end of the day, yeah, like, yeah. you're going to get a lot handed to you in life. And what we do for a living is it, it, it's so complicated. I, you, if you were someone's like, how do I do this? You're like, I don't know, man. You Nobody in the history of what we're doing has not had anybody yes. along the way, and and more than one or two people that has, uh, whether you recognize it or not, giving you some sort of like, um, you know, uh, influential guidance or, yes. or or taking time, or even if they haven't taken time, like even just that, like and and you recognizing that that, that oh that person didn't do this, and like oh like them telling you that like you, you know you have this, but it's not ready for that, and and the guy telling you you're gonna book this, but until you. Also he said that for the up. whole class, by the way. Yeah, that's I a big did move. a scene. That's shitty. And he's like, he goes, you're so talented. 
and you'll work your whole life, but you'll never be any good. That's what he said. Jesus. And I never forgot that. But I didn't probably look could at have it said was, that in an email, right? Like that's to he, do it publicly. He, he could have said it. He didn't have to shout it <laughs> at my face while spitting on me. <laughs> no, no, but he um he was one of these guys where you knew where he was coming from was love. Yeah. And I still and I was like, what and that really made me think because I go, at the end of the day, it made like, you work harder too. It did. And, yeah. we, and everything made me work harder. Yeah. And so I always said, like, was I, there's disadvantages that all of us were born with, with whatever it is, with whether, whatever we hold inside. So, like, you know, you know, we always talk about with you, like, you were a heavy kid. So you'll always hold that with you, right? Yeah. So I have my secret well, too. I, you know, I wasn't even thinking about it until you brought it up. So for I, sure, yeah. Can I be honest with you? You're in my phone as the clumps. <laughs> And not any of Eddie Murphy's talent, but all of his foam lard. You son of a bitch, Mrs. Meyer. Sorry, it just kept coming out. Oh, oh my God. God. Dude, you look like that Chinese guy at the end of Big Trouble Little China that tries to blow up you, to beat people. And I'm like, there's no one here, Adam. Put it away. And you're like, that's my gut. You went out of your way to Photoshop my face on Eddie Murphy's body and Nutty Professor. I didn't have to. <laughs> You fat piece of shit. I got an old headshot. Oh, my God. I thought you were I thought you were half Michelin. I'm like, where's your family from? Um, but... Uh, but but the thing is like you we uh, talk about that as friends yeah, yeah. and I have a lot of that shit that I carry with me yeah and and we and we talked about this in the fucking hallway today I don't have any tattoos but I said if I could get two I'd get knuckle I'd get sandwich tattooed on my knuckles yeah and I'd get a ruffles potato chip tattooed on my shoulder and then who because, said did you say get chip yeah chip oh, Kellen Coleman God. shout out says you should and and this is by the way um, future guest of the ALN podcast says that and and you getting a chip on your shoulder is a great idea but, but that, chip from Chippendale eating a bag of ruffles is like oh chip from oh, Beauty and the Beast oh that's just okay all right. I'm gonna edit this part out <laughs> alright well we gotta so this wasn't 100% this <laughs> yeah. podcast was going really well for a while no you and I both What's want Chip and Dale and the only reason I said uh, I want Dale though because I like that he has a Hawaiian shirt on <laughs> That's my favorite thing about it. no pants, and the other guy's got an aviator jacket. But by the way, is he cocks out, <laughs> dude? I love all those guys. Maybe it's every chip. okay. So all those busy characters are me too. Here's where it none is. of them wear pants to work. <laughs> none of them. We say it. My cousin and I talk about that. Where we're like, dude, this guy's just straight Donald Duck in it right now. I'm like, just nobody thought they'd put on. You think their feathers are covering that up now when Daisy's around? By the way, that's the tattoo. It's it's uh, Dale with the uh, Hawaiian jacket turned around. Hawaiian shirt. But you, yeah, and you can clearly. Hawaiian jacket. <laughs> clearly, you've never been to the islands. It's too hot for a jacket. <laughs> is that Hanks? Is the. Uh... Yeah, it's too hot for a jacket. <laughs> Let's close this out with Hanks realizing that. Sally Field is the person who plays Sassy in Homeward Bound. Well, so give me. So he's looking at. He's, yeah, no, looking he's at having a conversation at a party, well, and then he finally takes out I, his phone. Well, I. I... I can't remember who plays uh, that part. Who is it? It might, it might have been. Uh, it, it, might have, it might have been a guy. It was. Um, was it? Uh, what was it? Glenn, it wasn't Glenn Close. No, it wasn't Glenn Close. It was a. Uh, uh, what's her name from Dottie? She played uh, in, in 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 a life of their own, a league of their own, a life of their own. <laughs> I didn't think anybody saw that play. But I played, did it in the West End for one month. Who played Dottie? It was uh, oh, uh, Gina, oh uh, Davis. Gina Davis. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love Gina. It couldn't have Old been old friend. It couldn't have been her. Who no. Was, uh, no. Uh, oh, Rosie O'Donnell. No. Was it Rosie? No, it couldn't have been. It, well, who was it? Somebody. You I'll take on my phone and look real quick. Hold on. Phone. Look, look, look. Scroll, you, scroll, scroll. Is that how you go through? Do you ever talk to Siri? It is. That's what I'm doing. Hey Siri, scroll. No more scroll. Keep scrolling. There we go. Hold on. Wait a minute. Sally? Sally Field? What? What? <laughs>
Oh my God! It was Sally the whole time. So that's the show. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice.